0: You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 17th, 2019. My name is Philip Rostenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. And of course, follow me on Twitter at Philip underscore omd On today's episode of Locked On Magic, the playoffs have truly begun for the Orlando Magic as they got their first taste of an adjustment, of a bit of desperation, and everything else that comes in this series. The Orlando Magic falling to the Toronto Raptors, 111-82 to in a just dominant performance from the Raptors in a game where the Magic, really for the first time in in, in several months it feels like, let go of the rope and, and just did not do the things they need to do. And I think the big question now is whether this is something that was a momentary lapse or something that says something much realer about this playoff series. And, and perhaps now this playoff series looks a little bit more like the way everyone thought it would. The good news is it's just one game. It is game two. And, and as I, I try to remind people, playoff blowouts don't really matter. They're one game. You move on to the next one. And the next game is a very different challenge. Uh, but the Magic, of course, uh, have a lot of work ahead of them. We knew that entering the series. We knew that even after game one and game two Prove that to be 100% true. We will talk all about that game coming up here in just a minute but, minute, but before we do that, I want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast covering your line of Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of detail and care that we do here on Locked On Magic. Want to get the lowdown from the Raptors' perspective Check out Locked On Raptors. Sean Woodley does a good job covering that team. Want to get the national perspective? You got Locked On NBA as well as Locked On Fantasy Basketball to carry you through the fantasy season here in the playoffs. You can also check out the Locked On Baseball, Locked On NFL, and Locked On MLB podcasts as well. On Locked On NFL Draft, they just compl- they they're in the process of completing a full week mock draft ahead of next week's NFL Draft. Want to get up on the NFL Draft? I would definitely suggest checking that out. You can find all these podcasts, including Locked On NBA, Locked On NFL, Locked On NFL Draft, Locked On Fantasy Basketball, everything you could want by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you are looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Entering Tuesday's Game 2 against the Toronto Raptors, the Orlando Magic said repeatedly, We know we're going to get the Raptors' best shot in this game. That all the challenges that we faced in Game 1 will be heightened. And everything will be different come Game 2. I told everyone that would listen to me, Game 1's in the past. Game 2 will be a very different animal. and, and It would be different because so many things cut very weird ways for both teams in that game. And so the question would be, a, could the Magic weather the storm and adjust themselves? And B, could the Magic stay competitive? Could the Raptors make those adjustments and regain the stranglehold on the series? To me, this is where the playoffs really begin for the Orlando Magic. And I'll go a little bit out of order here on, on what I usually talk about. The Orlando Magic don't have playoff experience. They experience the playoff atmosphere for the first time in Game 1. And they showed that they had the resolve to handle a road playoff game, a crowd in a frenzy. That's one thing. And it's good to know that the Magic can handle that stuff. And I, I, you know, I, I think even in this game, you could see the Magic's resilience and, 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 and toughness on display at, at various points. But now the question became, can the Magic handle a team that is desperate? a team fighting for its playoff life, a team that now has had a week, almost, to focus exclusively on you and what you do and tailor a game plan specifically to stop you and expose your weaknesses. And this is really the trick of the playoffs. This is the experience. This is the part that no player can substitute. This is the part that Everyone on this Magic team was learning for the first time. And from the opening tip of Tuesday's game, Orlando was caught on its back foot. Kawhi Leonard was on a mission to kill and scoring 37 points. The Magic were game. I I, I, want to make this clear. The Magic were game early on, I felt. I felt like they were... Struggling, the Raptors' defense was very strong all game long. But they were finding little holes and and, and finding things. Finding things that could get them going. The issue was, they didn't get confidence from the opportunities they got. Nikola Vucevic missed a dunk on the first field goal attempt of the game for the Magic. That led to a runout. That led to a runout that the Magic were able to intercept and create another fast break for themselves and then Evan Fournier missed a shot, poor spacing on the play, and then DJ Augustine missed a tip-in, and the Raptors were back off to the races. The Magic turned the ball over, the shots they were getting weren't falling, and then they missed shots at the foul line. So a lot of opportunities, a lot lot of chances left on the board. A lot of opportunities left on the board. But Orlando, so so what Orlando gave up the first 11 points, missed their first nine shots. But that did set a tone. Those first few minutes set a tone. The Raptors blew up every pick and roll action. They trapped and, and frankly, they, they trapped and doubled every screen and roll. And Orlando struggled to adjust and adapt and find their outlets. Their spacing, their rolling, their uh, ability to present themselves as targets for an outlet were gone. And the Raptors defense took control. Orlando did cut into the lead in the second quarter. As much as Orlando struggled and they were fighting, they were in the fight. They were willing to scratch and claw. Their defense, when it could get set, Got stops. I mean, let's put it this way. Toronto was up 11-0 four and a half minutes into the game. Orlando hadn't scored yet. And they were still, it always felt like, okay, Orlando's just got to weather the storm and they're right in it because Toronto isn't running away with it yet. And that's, in fact, what happened. In In the second quarter, Terrence Ross started getting going. He started getting some hot shots. And that seemed to spark and energize the Magic a little bit. Kept the game relatively close, and Orlando, frankly, felt like it was lucky to be down 12 at 51-39 at the half. Not a great game by any means for Orlando offensively, but their defense was keeping a minute. And Steve Clifford even said after the game, you know, we weathered that initial storm, we fought back, we were still in it, we still had work to do, but we were still in it, and I felt like we would come out in the second half and respond. That response never came. And that was the part that was most concerning, and that was the part that was uncharacteristic of this Magic team. The Raptors kept their pressure up, kept forcing Orlando into mistakes, 16 or 17 turnovers. And they took advantage of every one. And most importantly, they have the best player on the floor. Don't ever forget that. Kawhi Leonard is the best player on the floor. And he took over in that third quarter, scoring 17 of his 37 points. He dominated on the ball. Aaron Gordon played okay defense. I wouldn't call it good defense, but played okay defense. And it did not matter. If Kawhi Leonard wanted to run off a screen and roll, he was getting the separation he needed and attacking Vucevic off the dribble. And Vuce, at times I thought, had very good defensive position. And Leonard's just too mobile and can outmaneuver him. Meanwhile, Orlando's offense remained stuck in the mud. They couldn't get the ball to Nikola Vucevic on the post. Not that he'd do much with it there anyway. Their offense consistently got stuck with a one-pass shot or one-on-one situation. They were able to turn away every pick-and-roll opportunity and Orlando's offense became very stagnant. To be sure, Game 2 was the magic at their worst offensively. And the Raptors deserve a ton of credit for forcing that to happen. The Magic tried to do what, they, what they've done over the last several weeks and several months and Toronto blew it all up. Marcus Sol was active with his hands and deflections. He was great stopping Nikola Vucevic. No one else could get going. Literally no one could get going. Aaron Gordon was the closest one who could get going and he scored mostly off of garbage points because he sure, sure as hell wasn't scoring on Kawhi Leonard. And so Orlando found themselves down by 30-plus points. They found themselves struggling to generate offense. They found themselves struggling just to stay in the game. Toronto swarming and cluttering the lane and forcing them to drive right into the teeth of the defense. And even when the Magic weren't turning the ball over, they were getting blocked shots, they were getting rebounds, they were getting those kind of plays where the offense gets sucked into the paint and they can't get back on defense. This was for lack of a better term, a disaster for the Magic. If the Magic want to lose games by big margins, that's how they need to play. Obviously, they don't want to do that. So, hats off to the Toronto Raptors. They played with desperation, they played with the energy that they needed, and the Magic couldn't match it. It was as much energy and desperation as it was physicality. Toronto was getting into the Magic's bodies. On screen and rolls, they were Hedging hard and doubling. And Orlando was playing a little bit on their back foot. They were reacting rather than attacking. They drove into those traps, into those mistakes. And Toronto just beat them up with it all night long. There are big issues for this Magic team. For the second straight game, Orlando did not shoot the ball well overall. For the second straight game, Nikola Vucevic struggled to get going against Marcus Gasol. For the second straight game, really, Orlando could not create a lot off the pick and roll. And so now the question becomes, how did the Magic generate offense? And this is the key question that Steve Clifford has to answer before Game 3. Finding new ways to get the Magic into their sets and create offense with the group that he has. It's not an easy task, especially against this Raptors team, which is very talented and very good. There's a reason they are the second seed in the East. But this is just one game. The Raptors fed off the desperation, the desperate energy of the team, of the Scotiabank Arena, played up to their full potential in a lot of ways. Can they sustain that? Perhaps they can, perhaps they can't. And can the magic play better? Especially at home? If you want to get technical, if you want to find that silver lining, Orlando got their split in Toronto. Now they got to come home and take care of business. And if they can do that, then certainly the series is theirs. Let's take a break now because if the Magic want to protect the Amway Center, I can't think of a better way to do it than for them to buy a Wise cam. Wise is the indoor camera that does it all. It's packed with premium features that allows you to see everything from anywhere for only $20. It's got 1080p full HD, images so clear you won't miss a thing, night vision, 2A audio, the works. Wise's mission is to bring amazing smart home products that are accessible to everyone. You can check on your home anytime with Wise apps live stream, connect with life as it unfolds, and sharp focus with live stream with 8 times digital zoom. Wise also offers free rolling 14-day cloud storage as well as no subscriptions so you can keep track of everything and have it saved on your cloud. There is nothing that is too small for the WiseCam to watch. Because at twenty dollars per camera, you can do anything. Watch your kids while you're at work, make sure, making sure they're doing their homework. Bird watching, keeping an eye on the food on your food while you're watching the magic game, while you're listening to Locked On Magic, perhaps. Make sure that package you're waiting for is waiting outside. There's really nothing you can't do with the WiseCam. Want more? Want added features? They've got that too. For just $10 more, WiseCam Pan gives you 360-degree coverage in under 3 seconds. Life moves fast, and your camera should too. 110-degree per second rotation speed, 360-degree horizontal range, 93-degree vertical range. Patrol your room with Pan scan. Set the camera's patrol route with up to 4 custom waypoints, and you can even track the action as WiseCam Pan automatically detects, tags, and tracks motion within its field of view. Keeping up with life in real time has never been so easy. It also works with Alexa, and of course, you can download the app on your phone and keep track of things from there too. With free 14 day rolling coverage, you will have the ability to check up to two weeks in the past of all your Wise camera action. Go to wise.com, that's W Y Z E, wise.com slash lock
0: Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: Let's run through the final box score for you real fast. Not a lot of great numbers to look at. Orlando shoots just 37% from the floor, really struggling to make shots. 9 of 34 from beyond the arcs. The three-pointers betrayed them in this game. Not a lot of ball movement either. Uh, I mentioned the other day that streak that the Magic had of uh, at least 20 assists in a game. This is a big part of their offense. They've had 20 assists or more in every game since January 9th until Game 1. In Game 2, they had 17 assists and 17 turnovers. Obviously not going to get the job done, really. Um, Aaron Gordon said it best. We let the ball get stuck, we didn't move the ball, and that's not our brand of basketball. And, And when they do that, these are the kind of results that you get. Um, just not a lot of ball movement, not a lot of offense to report. Nikola Vucevic really struggled, 6 points, 3 for 7 shooting, 6 rebounds. Uh, honestly, it's more concerning to me not that he's missing shots, but that he's not getting shots to begin with. And Steve Clifford said before the game he has to do a better job of getting him looks and getting him touches where he likes the ball. The Magic really just couldn't get him touches anywhere. They couldn't run pick and rolls effectively. They kept getting trapped. And even when when Vucevic got the ball in the post, he had four turnovers, when he got the ball in the post, he was getting doubled and just couldn't read where the double teams were coming from, and Vucevic has got a lot of studying to do. I mean, obviously, Marcus Sol's a tough matchup for him. Marcus Sol's a tough guy to move, but he just wasn't wasn't reading where the defense was coming from. He wasn't able to predict where they were coming from. He wasn't able to find teammates. It was just a, a complete disaster and almost, I, I, almost a complete failure on his part. Um, I thought he did do some good things defensively. I thought he was fine defensively for the most part. He, you know, getting beat by Kawhi Leonard, uh, with 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 him is not, you know, ideal. Obviously, but um, got to be expected to some extent. Um, but Orlando's got to find a way to get Vucevic involved. They got to find a way to get him in pick and rolls. I mean, even if it means bringing a bringing a guard to, toward the wing instead of the center, instead of the middle, or running just exclusive pick and pops. The Magic got to find pain touches, which they didn't do a lot in this game either. And they got to keep Vucevic involved. This was just a game where they were trying to get him going and and he didn't deliver. The team, His teammates didn't deliver for him and give him the spacing that he needs. And the coaches didn't deliver by do- doing more to get him in better spots. And that's going to be, I think, a challenge for Steve Clifford and his staff over the next couple of days before game three. Aaron Gordon, the star of the night for the Magic. 20 points, 8 for 12 shooting, 3 for 5 from beyond the arc, 5 rebounds. Overall, really nice offensive game. I thought he did a good job getting garbage points, uh, getting inside the lane. uh, Really one of the few guys that was able to kind of find any type of rhythm offensively all night. And so the scoring production is really, really nice, especially with his primary matchups being Pascal Siakam and Kawhi Leonard. I mean, essentially, the Magic match his minutes with Kawhi Leonard, so he's going one-on-one with him a lot, and he's not going to beat him, But he's got to at least make a dent. And, And I think... The big issue in this game with with Aaron Gordon was twofold. One, he missed one missed 4 of his 5 free throws. I mean, the Magic left a lot of points on the board. They had 18 free throws at the half. They were just 9 of 18 from the foul line. That cannot happen. Orlando is typically very good at keeping their opponent off the foul line. They weren't in this game. They're very poor at getting to the foul line themselves. The fact that they've gotten to the foul line pretty effectively in both these playoff games is a good sign. And, you know, when the Magic were aggressive, they were able to get to the foul line. But they left so many points on the board. Aaron Gordon one for five. Nikola Vucevic missed two free throws. Uh Terrence Ross missed three free throws. They missed, they missed opportunities to cut into the lead and give themselves a little bit of breathing space and a little bit of momentum. Um and, and that that just can't happen in a game like this. You hope it's just an outlier that that there's a, you know, and honestly, the the nerves and, and I think the physicality got to them. You could see that on the foul line where they couldn't relax, where they couldn't, uh, where they were beginning to feel the pressure that Toronto was putting on them. And, and I don't expect that to change. I think Toronto's going to keep that same strategy and gamble a little bit and bet that the Magic can't pass their way out of the trapping that Toronto's doing, um, that they can't read their way out of it because that's that's not who a lot of these guys are. Um, I, I think that, I think that uh, Gordon really, the mystery throws were the first part of Gordon's game that weren't good. The other part was, you know, he did some good things against Kawhi Leonard. I think he got his licks in, but Kawhi Leonard just is dominating that matchup. Um, Gordon's struggling to get around screens and stay connected to him, and Leonard doesn't need that much space. I think Orlando has to consider uh, pushing up the floor a little bit on pick and rolls and, and keeping Leonard from, uh, from really turning that corner, so that Magic might need to hedge a little bit more, which they don't do. They usually, they usually sink back and protect the lane. They might need to hedge a little bit better uh, to prevent those kind of drives and prevent him from getting downhill. Um, but Leonard is is playing at another level right now. We all knew there was a playoff Kawhi Leonard. We are seeing it, and, and even with Aaron Gordon's best defensive efforts, which you know I'd probably give him a B, B minus for his defense on on Kawhi Leonard so far this series. Um, a B minus defensive effort is obviously not going to get the job done. So Gordon still could use some some help and some work on the defensive end against Leonard to get the Magic where they need to be. Uh, but that's really the only complaint I have. The other notable offensive performance. Terrence Ross, 8 points, uh, sorry, 15 points, 5 for 10 shooting, 3 for 7 from beyond the arc. He got himself going. He was big in the second quarter as Orlando tried to cut into the lead. Got it down to 8 or 6 points, I believe, in that second quarter. Um, Ross, the big reason why, but Toronto shut him out in the second half. They got back to being physical with him. Um, You know, I think guys started forcing shots a little bit uh, toward the end of that third quarter. Um, just, just trying to make plays, trying to make something happen, and they couldn't. They, they just couldn't feed off the energy. They, the energy was rolling against them. Uh, they just really couldn't make plays at the end of the day. And, and so I think that's kind of what happens in this type of situation. Um, Ross was the, was forcing some things, and and so was everyone else. So it's not just him. But um, he was able to get things going. So worth noting. As was Michael Carter Williams. Eight points, nine rebounds for him. Four for nine shooting. Um, was able to get into the lane, but that was mostly when the game was already decided. Um, I do one thing I do want to note from Michael Carter Williams: he got into a little scuffle with Kyle Lowry, took offense to uh, what he probably thought was a flop from Lowry. He didn't get he got called for technical on the play rather than a, a flagrant, which was good. Um, but I, I like that Michael Carter Williams has a little bit of feistiness. I mean, I will say this: um, at that point of the game, when frustration is is raining is building up. Um, I you need to be able to see guys that are still fighting. And Michael Carter-Williams kept fighting to the very end of this game, and, and he scored some points, and he, he was able to get into the lane. He was one of the few guys that, were, that was able to, um, but you, you, you appreciate that at this stage. Other notable performances, Jonathan Isaac, five points, one for eight shooting, over six from beyond the arc. Uh, that's, I, I mean, I think that kind of sets the tone for the whole game. Isaac, Isaac, you know, was getting good looks and missing them. And that happens with him. He's still not a consistent three-point shooter. But the biggest thing for him was he picked up a second foul very early in the game. And, you know, the refs called a lot of fouls early. That's how the Magic got to the foul line, but that's also how the Raptors got to the foul line. I think they were in the bonus about five minutes into the first quarter. That's just sloppy defending. And it's not just—and Isaac was guilty of some of it, but losing Isaac, the Magic pulled him earlier in the first quarter than they usually do. Losing Isaac, I think, just kind of set the tone for the whole game. That the Magic were going to struggle to defend. We're going to struggle to, to kind of keep their man in front and, and obviously struggle to, to get themselves moving in the direction that they needed to move. And, and so, unfortunately, Orlando found themselves on the wrong end of that. And, and Isaac just had a bad game. So did Evan Fournier. 10 points, 4 for 12 shooting, 2 for 7 from beyond the arc. Kind of game where you just want to flush everything. It was just a bad performance all around. Orlando's defense held its own, I felt, despite the poor shooting or in spite of the poor shooting uh in the first half kept them in the game kept you know just needed that offense to wake up and not turn the ball over but too many mistakes in the second half allowed Toronto to run away with this one 111 to 82 again Kawhi Leonard scores 37 points including 17 in the third quarter Pascal Siakam has 19 points 10 rebounds Kyle Lowry wakes up from his slumber for 22 points on 8 for 13 shooting adds 7 assists so did a lot of things he did well in game one, plus the shooting. This is the result. And Serge Ibaka with 13 points off the bench, including eight rebounds, and kind of a surprise performance for him. If that's you know the his if that's the surge game for the playoffs or for the series, and I, I I think we're okay wasting it in a blowout like this. The final score again: the Toronto Raptors won 11, the Orlando Magic 82. They tie the season ser- the the playoff series with Orlando at one apiece. Action shifts to Orlando on Friday at 7 o'clock at the Amway Center of the Magic taking on the Toronto Raptors.
2: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: And like I alluded to earlier, this game was really the introduction to the playoffs for the Orlando Magic. This was the time, this is the first time that they saw a team make a playoff adjustment. And they saw it a little bit in game one in the second half, but they, they got a playoff adjustment thrown at them. They got a team that was desperate, that needed to win. Playing at its absolute peak with extremely talented players able to make plays. And the Magic, who have been a collection of poise and confidence really for the last several weeks, got staggered, got rocked. And you could tell very early on that the Magic just... Not that they weren't into it. I I I always like to be careful with 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 phrasing like that, but you could kind of tell that they were on their back heel. They weren't playing with aggression. They weren't attacking. They were trying too hard to sit back and read and react. And by then, the Raptors had smothered them. There were a lot of breakdowns in this game, offensively, defensively, and and yes, I think the coaches broke down a little bit too. I think the coach I think Nick Nurse outcoached Steve Clifford in this game as much as Steve Clifford outcoached Nick Nurse in the first game everyone just kind of got put on their back heels the game plan that they discussed seemed to be thrown out pretty quickly and Orlando got a taste of what the playoffs are really about. Game one is was a feeling out process for both teams I think Toronto, They didn't play at the level they played at on Tuesday in Game 1. No doubt about it. But there was that feeling out process, and that enabled Orlando to stay in the game, to have a real chance, to keep up with the fight. And they stole that game. They took away home court advantage. But Game 2 was the real introduction to the playoffs. Yeah, you had the atmosphere, but at the end of the day, it's basketball. And the basketball comes down to players making plays and implementing the strategy and tactics that the coach wants. Toronto decided, you know, we had a lot of success smothering DJ Augustine with length, with, the, with Danny Green. Let's do that with everyone else. Let's make it hard for them to get paint touches, to get in the lane. And that's what they did. Throughout the entire night, They hedged, they trapped, they got into guys physically, they forced them right into help, they zoned a little bit. They made this huge adjustment to stifle the Magic's offense. Banking that that will create turnovers, that will get us in transition, and create the mismatches we need to win this game running away, to be who we are, which is a fast-breaking team which the Spurs are, which the Raptors are. And so, Orlando got caught on its back foot. Whether it's a, 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 an adjustment the coaches failed to recognize or failed to make before the game, maybe none of it mattered. Maybe it was a situation of everyone has a plan until they get hit. And Orlando got hit and hit pretty hard in this one. They were staggered. They were struggling to find their footing. They were struggling to find their calm and their center. Because the Raptors took away a lot of it. And so they were scrambling, trying to create offense that they're not used to creating. And that's how you end up with games like this. Where you kind of abandon the game plan a little bit, just trying to to feed off the desperation. Of a playoff game. Orlando will learn from this. I do believe that. And honestly, the first half, we saw them learn from it. They took that big punch from Toronto early on in the game. They went down 11-0. They missed nine straight shots. And then they slowly worked their way back into the game. I don't think Game 2 has any bearing on who this Magic team is. I don't think we can throw out an entire season telling us who this team is based off of one game. But I do think both games one and two show just how difficult it's going to be to beat the Raptors. That yes, Orlando is the seventh seed for a reason. They're plucky, they're potentially very good, they'll give the Raptors some problems, but at the end of the day, the Raptors' margin for error is much smaller. Orlando made a lot of mistakes, but so did Toronto, and it was still a three-point game in Game 1. In Game 2, Toronto did not make mistakes. Orlando made a ton more. And this is the result you get. But that first half did tell us Orlando could make those mistakes and still have a chance if they could correct them. And for whatever reason, in this game, the Magic could not correct them. For whatever reason, in this game... Orlando got out physical, got out toughed, gave up you know a lot of those hustle stats, those those intangible items that Orlando's had all year long, and certainly during this playoff stretch. And so the Magic got what they deserved, a playoff lesson from the Toronto Raptors. And so what's that next lesson now? That next lesson is to adjust yourself to get ready and come back, to forget that Game 2 happened except for the things you need to learn and understand and get back to work because Game 3 is going to be much different and a different atmosphere inside the Amway Center. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at underscore omd, And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. Don't forget also, you can check out all the great podcasts on the Lockdown Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Lockdown and the team you're looking for or search on the Himalaya app. All the Locked On podcasts are on the Himalaya app. It's a great app that you can use that podcast delivered directly to your playing device, including playlists and suggested podcasts too. Download the Himalaya app today. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening. Once again, the final score, the Toronto Raptors won 11, the Orlando Magic 82, the season, the playoff series now tied at one apiece, heading into Game 3 Friday at the Amway Center. That's at 7 o'clock uh, on ESPN and Fox Sports Florida. We hope to see you all there at the Amway Center. Please bring an umbrella. It's supposed to rain on Friday afternoon. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip rossman Wright. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
2: You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.